0: Hey friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason. Just as a reminder, if you're new to the show, I'm one of the pastors on our spiritual growth team at Saddleback. And today, okay, I've been looking forward to this for, I think it's been a little over a month since we Booked this. Um, I have Jim and Lynn Jackson with us from who founded a uh, organization called Connected Families that my wife and I have just fallen in love with. I've hinted at this conversation coming up, I think for the last few weeks of episodes. So Jim and Lynn, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today?
1: We're doing great. We're, I, I'm a little nervous about the
0: expectations now. If you've been talking about no, no, no. I, I I'm just. I, I'm thrilled for the. For, I'm thrilled for the chance to get to talk to you. I told you this when we talked before, Jim. But my wife is very jealous that I'm getting to have have this conversation because, as I said, we both have have read your, a discipline that connects with your child's heart book. We are in the middle of doing an online course. Through connected families with that, and so we've just seen the benefits of this in our own lives. So I'm excited for for you all listening to get a chance to hear from Jim and Lynn. And you can go in the show notes even now or or description and just see their website, um, see their podcast that they have, and see the book that we're going to be talking about today. I wanted to to start the conversation because you've titled the organization and, and then one of your key words and everything is a uh, connection or connected. And, and these are words with attachment and connection that we start hearing a lot now. And they're kind of become these common words as related to relational health in, in, in parenting in particular and I just wanted to ask if you could unpack for our listeners who maybe they've kind of heard these words used a lot, but they don't quite know what exactly it means. What does it mean to be connected?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, and uh, I think a very important question, um, you know, connection in the, in the purest literal senses is, is you got two entities that are joined together in a way that it's hard to pull them apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, when we think about connection of connected families, we started using this term when, Lynn? Oh, 92. Yeah, 1992 <laughs> yeah. or 93. We're trying to well, happy 30 year help. anniversary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's about
1: right. Uh, we, we were, we were early on trying to help parents understand what's the key, uh, elements of, a, of an effective uh, a, a, a discipleship type of a relationship with with your kids, and this idea of connection is right at the core. Parents' hearts turn their kids; the kids' hearts turn back to their to their parents uh, in a way, you know. That Luke in the Gospel of Luke, right at verse uh, chapter one and verse seventeen, says prepares them for the coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And ideally, this connection, this bond. Um, <clears throat> is about preparing hearts to know and understand what it means to be enjoyed to be loved to be nurtured to be cared for in a way that keeps their heart open to the to the means to the way of the gospel the coming of the lord into their lives at some point because ultimately we as parents will fail to connect as well with our kids and our kids will fail to connect as well with us or others as they could because of this problem of sin in our lives but when we're oriented toward connection then it points us to the Uh I've never used this term before, but to the big connector. To God's to God's connection to us, his <laughs> desire to be in relationship with us that's restored, that's reconciled, um, and in which we have repented from that sin and, and pointed toward and connected to God. And then to our purposes that God created us for. What did He build us to do? He built us to do any variety of different things. Some of them are common to all believers, some of them are unique to each believer, but connection is about being Connected well to God, connected well relationally to one another, and then connected well uh, to our purposes that God built us for.
0: Mm. Lynn, when did this idea, this word, a connection, was there a spark moment or, or, or something that you were like, this, this is impactful, this is a, a, a game changer for me?
2: we really started to wrestle with it early on. And we had, you know, kind of different words that we struggled with as we're trying to figure out how to capture this in a way that parents would really get, but it was, you know, we both bought our, our professional experience into this wrestling, but it was really in our home that we started to just realize, okay, it gets really crazy here. And there's little blow ups and frustrations and all that. <laughs> but the phrase that, that, Came to us early on, we're going to drive a stake in the ground around connection. Mm-hmm. Almost like that image of when there's a fire in the home and you're all running outside, you gather at the mailbox so that you know everyone is safe. Mm-hmm. So that sense of when it all goes crazy, we're going to come back to connection. Mm-hmm. Because that's where God's spirit can just be so freed to repair wounds, to encourage, to draw us together in a real Holy Spirit way.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because I I remember early on when we're discovering this, we're trying to figure it out. And I'm realizing, man, when I'm well connected to the kids, it buys me a whole lot of grace with them. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember saying to Lynn one day, it's like, Lynn, what we do with them when they misbehave and how we deal with home. Work and diet and cleanliness and you know all those things it that doesn't we'll just we'll just get them to do it as long as we stay really well connected (laughs) she looked at me and she's like i don't think it's quite like that jim but the primacy of connection has been a stake in the ground like lynn said Mm -hmm. Uh, all married lives really
2: And it has, as you said, it has become much more of a buzzword, um, particularly as more and more kids are experiencing trauma and anxiety in our Mm -hmm. culture, whether it's through adoption or um, specific other kinds of trauma. And uh, uh, one of the foremost researchers, Karen Purvis, PhD, who has studied helping kids from these hard places, um, she defines it as attachment is an affectionate bond between a caregiver and a child that tells that child they're safe their needs matter and they are precious and i just love that that sense of safety and unconditional love but also delight Mm. and i focus a lot in coach with coaching clients about just delighted eye contact You know, separating eye contact from, look at me right now, young man, to, peek boo, or I see you, I see you, and I love you. You know, just that delight, that connection that just draws a child's heart to you.
0: Yeah, our team has talked a lot about the, um, there's the Jewish word, chesed which means oh. joy and it's that and that's that in and, and specifically it's used in scripture to talk about the joy that you get from looking in, in one another's face and and there's something that's so powerful about that face to face looking into your eyes and just re- and realizing and truly it's the connection that is being that is at at the root of that and mm-hmm. how how much that joyfulness can bring strength and it can bring unity and it can bring love into that relationship.
1: Yeah. And I know a lot of parents hear that and, and we fully agree. Like, let's, let's, let's turn our faces toward one another again, after a model of the father in, in joy, but that's hard to do sometimes. And, 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 and getting a hold of that, you know, a lot of parents will hear this, like, well, listen to what we're saying and then go do a better job of, of making joyful connection and eye contact with (laughs) your kids and what we suggest is that that if that's a struggle for you the struggle isn't what what you're doing when you face your kids the struggle is how are we facing god and allowing god to look at us that way Mm-hmm. And to and to receive to be receivers of God's grace and truth for us that then pours out into the relationship of love that we have with our kids. So there's a there's a very strong mm-hmm. element here of of being grounded in uh, love affectionate relationship with our heavenly Father.
0: Yeah, mm, that's so. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to mention too. Your um. You guys have a framework that you operate off of, which is four sayings. You are safe, you are loved, you are capable, and you are responsible. I was doing an interview a couple weeks ago uh, with an author named Jem Fadling, who has a new book out called Hold That Thought, which is about um, the thoughts that we live with in our heads in, in trying to take a to take a little bit more control over how we filter and process those thoughts. And she was talking about um, how people in our relationship, how, how we desperately need these elements of feeling safe and feeling loved and feeling... And I was like, hey, I I know this. And I, I, I mentioned it in that interview about the framework that you guys use with safe, loved, capable, and responsible. And so I was just curious if, if you can talk a little bit about the universality of... The, uh, of, of these four basic yeah. needs that everybody has.
1: Yeah, so the, again, we go way back. 30 years ago, I was in a conversation with a parent who and I mm-hmm. was just in my early days of starting to help parents. but put together parent support groups. My main job was working with high-risk teens but we put together a parents group. We figured, well, let's just teach them what we know about working well with their kids. And a parent called me who happened to be an elder of a local church. And he, and he said, I understand you help parents get their kids in line up there. And I'm wondering what you tell them. And so you know, I kind of, I kind of, I went into this whole litany of different ideas and different thoughts, and it was disorganized and it it was random. Uh, It was filled with wonderful gems of truth, I'm sure. But he wasn't (laughs) able to hear any of those from me because I hadn't really thought it through in terms of a process or a way to think. So we started to. uh, I I brought. I I literally wrote down everything that I could remember that I had said, and I brought it home to Lynn, who's a much more organized (laughs) (laughs) person than me. And and we started to play with these ideas, and we started to observe other families and we started to ask ourselves the question what's the simple way to describe this complex thing that effective parents do Mm. and um tolstoy in one of his books i forget which one said that every every um what every wounded family is wounded in its own ways Um, no that's not every
2: unhappy family that's
1: right every every unhappy family is unhappy in its own unique ways but every happy family is happy in the same ways. And we, we took heart and we started to pay attention. And then pretty soon all this big litany of words, Lynn and I, and Lynn probably did the best organizational work of it, came up with this framework that at the time wasn't the messages that you've laid out, these four sayings, it was just four simple principles. Um, we build a strong foundation, a foundation of faith that helps us define ourselves, that help us know who we are, whose we are, gives us a sense of purpose for life. That's the foundation. And when we grow strong in a foundation, we We communicate to the people around us that you're safe with me. Mm. And then from that place of of safety and and groundedness, you know, then we build into relationship by connecting. We connect in ways that communicate the message. You are loved no matter matter
2: what. That it's unconditional, that kids can't earn it by their performance and there's just a lot that you can unpack about that but it also includes that element of delight that we talked about and then as kids understand that they're safe with us and they're loved then it's like their brain can switch on that frontal lobe can switch on and they can start to hear messages like you are called and capable to do the good work God has prepared you for and to figure out this situation with your sibling and to, to, to make things right and then Um, So they're open to our discipleship when they feel safe and Mm -hmm. loved. And then also there's um, a message of you are responsible for your actions. And that's a good thing because that'll protect your relationships. So just a of, of value of reconciliation. So those four messages, you're safe with me, you're loved no matter what, you're called and mm-hmm. capable, and you're responsible for your actions can just be a guiding framework for pretty much any relationship. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it helps us in our marriage, in our workplace, but really specifically with young kids as well. Yeah,
1: the four actions that, that really precede those are we, we build a strong foundation, we connect, we coach. And we correct yeah. in love so that our kids will remember they're responsible for their actions. So that's the simple framework that we've that we that we um really everything we do at connected families flows through yeah. the lens of this framework.
0: Yeah, I love it. I I wanted to focus in right now on your book A Discipline That Connects with Your Child's Heart. And I again okay, I've I have read this book and I've I feel like it's a book that I need to go back to every week to start the week where it's like, (laughs) I feel very like I can do this. Like, yes, I believe in this. And then over the week, you know, the parenting just wears down a little bit and it's like, okay, I need that refresher again to start the new week. Um, So again, it's in the show notes, check it out. I highly encourage you to do that. One of the core tenets of the book is that discipline is really an opportunity to disciple your child. And so I I was wondering if you could talk about this tenet a little bit.
2: Well, that is such a powerful concept for us. And I think an example of it illustrates it the best. Is in sibling conflict, me in particular, I had judgments about one older child that would pick on a younger child and I would go in there with a judgment in my heart. He's at it again. This
0: doesn't sound familiar to to me at all. Not like yesterday or the day before.
1: (laughs) That's right. I would go in with a judgment that was like, she needs to be tougher. (laughs) Then then Lynn and I in front of the kids would fight with each other about who's judgment. Right.
0: This doesn't it sound is, like uh, me and my wife at all. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> so as as
2: I I had an epiphany one day of just like okay address your judgments, deal with your baggage, so you're not throwing your baggage at your children. That's which is foundation a stuff. foundational thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then ask the question, Lord, what's the opportunity here? And it's like what a brain changer, game changer that was for me. So then with sibling conflict. I started going in with i want for my children the kind of relationships in life that jesus bought for them on the cross Mm -hmm. and that was powerful for me just like shifting that goal then i'd be going in with okay i understand kids this is so hard Let's just take some breaths. Anybody want a hug Mm -hmm. and we'll figure it out. And we work to build a value of reconciliation in our kids that drew them to want Mm -hmm. to resolve that conflict and then celebrate whatever was good in their conflict resolution. So that, that shift from, okay, what's, what's going wrong here to Lord, what's the opportunity Mm -hmm. here was a seismic shift in my parenting.
1: Well, and another piece of that, Jason, is that, um, when we're looking for the opportunity, the question isn't what's the opportunity I have here to get my child to, to know that they did something wrong. Mm -hmm. The question is what's the opportunity here to, to help my child value making right what they've made wrong. So it's, it's at the heart, it's a gospel sort of a value. Like the goal is to teach our kids what it means to confess what I've done wrong, to go to the person I've done it wrong to, and to restore that relationship with, with, you know, apologies, with confession, you know, What I did, I didn't like that I did that. And the opportunity of sibling conflict is that we can teach our children, uh, A, about healthy conflict resolution in the world. Do you think that could be a benefit to our society these days? Uh, But even greater than that, what does it mean to be in a repentant, restored relationship with, with God through Jesus?
2: And there's lots of other examples too, like Mm. just messes instead of, oh, come on, you guys, get back here and clean this up. It's like building a value of hospitality ready. Mm. And, And, training them in skills of noticing messes. So it's like, oh, you left kind of a big mess. All right. So you can clean that up and then look for five more things that are out of place in the house that you can put back. So you develop that eye for noticing the messes that are going to interfere with God's gracious calling of hospitality. So that in almost any area, there's a corresponding you know, um, bigger yes mm. that you can call kids to. That was huge. Not we won't go into it, but it's <laughs> huge in our, our dealing with screen issues was what's the bigger mm. yes? You're created for more in God's kingdom in real three dimensional life. So it just just really transformed mm-hmm. how we looked at at parenting challenges.
0: Well I love that idea. In in last week's episode on seven important reminders for parenting, the last one that I ended with was think about the long game. And it was it was addressing this exact point, which I think is so valuable, is that so often in parenting, at least I know I feel this way and I'm sure some of our listeners do too, sometimes I'm just so focused on wanting to correct the now. I just want this done now. I just want you to behave now. I just want this fixed now. But but everything that you were just sharing about it fits in with this idea of the long game. That it's not just about the now. Like yes, it'd be it'd be nice if the if we saw the change happen immediately. That the kids you know were behaving now. But what's more important is creating that value so that in the long run, in the long term, they see it as a greater value that they want to be the. This type of person who does this, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is 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 there something uh, a part uh, about that mixture of the now versus the long term uh, that you guys can speak into?
1: Well, I think um, if we wait till the urgency of the moment to try to figure it out, um, it's really really hard to back out of this urgency mentality. Mm. But if we do some work apart from the situations. And it's funny, isn't it? How often we sort of know the kinds of misbehavior our kids will present, but then we feel (laughs) and act surprised when it
0: happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that's, and, and um, I think it was uh, maybe Dallas Willard first, but then John Ortberg in the dumbed down version, uh, I think he called it the book, (laughs) the life you've always wanted. Uh He, he says that that um, discipline is that which enables us to do what we can't do by trying alone. Mm. (laughs) And so this idea of, Preparing ahead of time, thinking our way through what kind of parent we want to be when this sort of thing happens, uh, thinking about that long term, the, the the long game, uh, thinking about the wisdom we want to build rather than the behavior that we want to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's important, even if it's even if it's over coffee with a friend, or in the few moments we have before the kids get up, or the few moments we have between the time they've left the house and we have to go to work, whatever it is, to 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 be proactive in our thinking. What what do I want to do to prepare to show up better mm. this afternoon, to be more the parent I want to be this evening. Um, and is there anything I could practice to, to, to do it? So par- part of the answer to the question is just preparing, practicing ahead of time. But there's also opportunities to practice right in the middle of the heat of the moment by doing a thing we talk about often, which is called a do-over.
2: Mm-hmm. So a do-over demonstrates that, yeah, I didn't really love how I parented. And um, instead of just like hanging my head in shame and mumbling, sorry, I was a little crabby, you know, I can back up, take a breath, maybe even enter the room again, (laughs) do it differently, and then celebrate. This is a key because a lot of parents have said, oh, I tried do-overs and they didn't help. But it's like doing it with a grace-filled heart knowing that God's whole story is about do-overs and grace Mm -hmm. and then doing it the way you wanted to and then celebrating going wow that that felt a little bit better to me did that feel better to you and that's kind of that's what we call the brain magic of do-overs is um it it gives us a physiological experience of parenting how we wanted to. And then when we celebrate, it's like it just elevates the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't respond with shame and discouragement, but we respond with joy, it's like, yeah, where do we get that? We got that from Jesus who just opens up that, you know, throws his arms for the prodigal and the discouraged parents Um, so that's just some, some ways that that can, that grace and truth can really come into our parenting and be a discipleship opportunity just as we're doing a do-over.
0: Oh yeah. We've done do-overs in our house. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I can attest it is, it is a good use of, of explaining that grace and forgiveness. And it just, it teaches the kids that it's okay to just stop and say, Okay, I need to start this again. I wasn't I wasn't approaching this the right way. And it's it teaches them to think about that too. And what I love is I think as I think as parents we so often use or I should say we think of parenting as responding to discipline acts. It's like it's like okay, I I I think of parenting and it goes hand in hand with discipline, but it does not have to. That's the, that's an element of parenting but parenting can be in it should be in every day all the time thing where we just get to love and teach our kids and so i like the idea of that preparation time of using using the time when you're at your best with your kids when you're playing catch or you're playing a game or a toy or whatever is, is using those times to talk about the values to, to talk about the things that sometimes come up in times of discipline, but you've centered that around these times when you are at your most engaged, your most uh, a connected point with them as the yeah. times when you can be I- engaged with this type of conversation. Uh,
1: that I, that's, that's totally right. I I also think, um, it can be helpful for us as parents when we think about discipline to redefine the word a little bit, because discipline really at its core is discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, discipline is what I do to be ready when, when I need to be ready. Um, and so if we think about the fact that really everything we're doing as parents is disciplining our children is, is teaching them a way Um, you know, then we can't, we won't be so intimidated by this idea about discipline correction, Mm -hmm. which we talk about at the top of that pyramid is the efforts we put into play very specifically related to our kids misbehavior, but it's really in this bigger context of, of all four of the messages we've mentioned. You're safe, you're loved, you're capable, called by God to do good things and built in God's image and you're responsible to make right what you've made wrong that's discipline right there is Mm. is our efforts to put all four of these messages into place yeah i kind of wonder jason maybe if it's appropriate or not to do um to do a quick role play of a do-over so parents can actually experience (laughs) sure
0: i'd love that yeah so
1: so we'll, we'll just set up the scenario quick uh lynn is seven eight years old uh she's expected to do chores before dinner she's been distracted by you know something not chores and Mm -hmm. i notice it and so i go to her and i say honey you haven't done what What? you're expected to do this is not okay pick it up
2: dad i was just i was just like drawn honey no honey you need to listen
1: wait a minute (sighs) you know what can i start over again i don't i don't like the kind of parent i was being just there can i start that over again yeah all right I'm going to take a couple of steps backward here. And I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to see the, the mess on the floor and the fact that you're distracted by something not your, it's time to eat, honey. What was it that, that we instructed you about, about the things before dinner?
2: Well, I was supposed to have the stuff on the floor cleaned
1: up yeah. before dinner. Yeah, yeah. So you listened, you remembered, high five. And how did you do?
2: not so good i was drawing oh. and then i got onto the eye yeah
1: and it. what do you think is the is the thing you could do to make that right right now
2: um well i could clean it up quick yeah why don't you do that quick do you want just
1: a quick bit of help why don't you give me a couple items i'll put them away you do the rest okay and away we go <laughs> there's a do-over <laughs> that that um rolls out of me now didn't as a young parent until i practiced and did it over again and again and again and it became natural and the reason that a role play like that works for me this way now and if this was a real child in my presence it might have looked or sounded just like that because i've i've lived it for a long time yeah and and it, but you know little by little by little parents can start and the do over is a powerful way
0: guys in in all of the parenting courses that you can find unconnected families they have these role plays and they are like the best parts uh, of each court <laughs> we absolutely love the role plays and particularly your daughter is so much fun at the role plays <laughs> okay I, I just wanted to share that if you liked that role play uh, that just happened here on the pod like I did uh, make sure, sure to look forward to those um, on the online courses too. I love them. <laughs>
1: Just a quick aside about that. The, the young man who acts with her in those role plays is yeah. a professional actor. Uh, and even, <laughs> even he said after doing those role plays, he's like, whoa, that was like real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's so great. So I wanted to ask why, okay, why is it so difficult for parents, and I'm 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 absolutely not speaking about myself here. Uh, why is it so difficult for parents to take head knowledge? You know, yes, I can see how this way of parenting makes sense. To and move that to heart knowledge. Yeah, it's my desire to parent that way. I, I can see how those things can happen to then reality. Why because we can so quickly fall back into these patterns and habits that we don't want why is that so difficult?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's easy to just be drawn to kind of like a tip or a technique or an idea. And then it's, we grab onto it because we think it's going to to work, quote unquote, you know, and to get a behavior. And our kids are humans and we can only, the only human on earth we can control is ourselves. So it may or may not work. And then it's easy to give up. Mm -hmm. And that's why I talked about starting with just passion or conviction you know and really sink into a key scripture that that gives you that starts something burning inside you about how you want to parent um, and and then you know just be chewing on that scripture and then as uh stephen covey has said and jim kind of mentioned begin with the end in mind a vision envision your child as a 25 or 30 year old and, and thinking, what do I wanna see? And we did this with sibling conflict. We kind of envisioned our kids sitting on the couch with a spouse in a young married relationship and holding the hands and going through the hard stuff together in a respectful way. And that was sort of like our, our vision for the end goal. Mm. And it helped us to really <laughs> lean into that. I want for my kids, the kind of relationships in life that jesus bought for them on the cross
1: and i have a a quick example of this even in my own life just recently um you know going from head to heart it it really is about about taking our thoughts captive to christ's obedience about being formed by god's word by the person of jesus christ by the power of the holy spirit in our lives Um, and when we decide to do this especially as it relates to parenting we can even you know we read the scriptures differently so i was uh in in some devotionals the other day and i got to romans chapter 15 it's a big heady book of theology and romans 15 starts out this way we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves Mm. that's a parenting verse Mm. each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up do you think our children could be our neighbors Mm -hmm. Mm. um and when we, when I started thinking about the scriptures this way, the one another's in the Bible and, and, you know, it was easy in a controlled sort of almost mediated way to go to a Bible study or to show up at church or to be part of a, a softball team or, you know, whatever it was um, for a few hours, lead the children's choir. And I could be the, be- I could put my best foot forward and, and feel really good about, about that. And like I did the verse and then I could go home and it, it would all fall apart with my family. <laughs> Well, maybe that's because the real me um, is more complicated than just what shows up at church. It's what shows <laughs> up at home too.
0: Yeah,
1: and to be motivated by this notion that, hey, God's grace is for me, so it doesn't mean if I screw up, I'm bad. It means I do bad things that that require the saving work of Jesus to make right, yeah. and that I can grow. And I can learn, and I can, and I can repeat a verse like this to myself over and over again. My favorite parenting verse when I was a young dad was 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 in Philippians four: "Be anxious in nothing, but in everything with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving in my heart, make my requests known to God." God fixed my household, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it never says God will give me what I'm asking for. It Just says make the request, submit, surrender, and then what? The peace of God that surrenders. Or Surpass. that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart in Christ Jesus. And I'm like, okay, it goes from my head to my heart mm-hmm. when I put it into practice, little by little, piece by piece, more and more every day. Yeah. And today I, you know, I, I give God the glory for the fact that most of the time, still not all of the time, my responses to trouble when they happen in relationships, whether it be with Lynn or with coworkers or with my kids or neighbors or anybody, it my 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 impulse response is peace that surpasses understanding, is is rejoice in the Lord always, is is contentment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um not because I just decided one day this is in my head and I'm gonna make it go to my heart, but because I believed the truth of that Mm. and started to put it into practice that little by little by little formed me uh, in a new way and is still forming me.
2: Yeah. And as I talk with parents who really have made significant changes, it's like they they talk about the grace of God coming into each little interaction, Mm. just having a, a momentum. And it's kind of like the the, uh, the image in Ezekiel of the water coming out of the temple in a trickle and then yeah. it's ankle deep and then it's knee deep and then it's you can't wade across it, you know, and um, that's how the grace of God is, but it's slow and it comes and builds and just that that repeated bringing God's grace, whether I did it well and I can celebrate that, or I blew it and I need His grace and I do a do over, then I can celebrate that. Mm-hmm. It's little ways of bringing God's grace into these daily interactions that just begins to create a culture of grace mm-hmm.
1: in home. Yes,
0: yeah.
2: it starts with grace for me.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm,
2: for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was just going to take it there. So I'm glad that you did, Jim, because I, I, having that patience with yourself, that grace with yourself of, again, as you said, I, you can see the picture and so, and sometimes it will not go the way that the picture goes because you're <laughs> dealing with children who um, are undeveloped, whose brains are not developed, who don't have e- emotional regulation, who uh, can't process things the way that you can and see the you know the a to b to c the cause and effect if you just did this then it would be like this (laughs) they just can't process that way so it just takes having that patience and just knowing that every every interaction is an opportunity to plant those seeds that you will continue to water over the course of your whole relationship with your kids Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah there was there was a day that um i had blown it again with my son and i walked downstairs to his his bedroom and on the way down i'm trudging down the steps and i remember thinking well at least he's going to know what to do when he blows it cuz i model that <laughs> so and i get down to his bedroom and he's on his bed leaning back his hands behind his back just like with this cheesy grin on his face he goes i was waiting for you <laughs> my first thought was you little stinker. (laughs) And then I thought he trusts me. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big deal. Mm. There is So much grace in those situations. It's just like the fragrance of grace in a messy situation like that is so powerful because it's what Jesus came for our messes. He didn't come for our, our attempted perfection. He came for our messes. And so That's just, it's powerful to just go back to that time and time and time again until you get to really know, yep, there's grace for this again.
1: I asked my daughter when she was in her 20s, what, what, you know, what do you remember? what, What was I best at as a dad? Oh, and he was a youth worker, so
2: he yeah. was a fun
1: dad. What <laughs> was my best dad as a dad, and I figured she'd, you know, say something about creative fun or spontaneity or, you know, being a chill pill when things were haywire or whatever. But she didn't say any of that, and she, without batting an eye, said, "You apologized when you blew it." Mm. And part of me was like oh she remembers that i blew it a lot <laughs> <laughs> she remember that i apologize but you know what that's our humility is our currency for influence we say this all the time and we really believe that it's true the ability to, to let our kids know we're human we've failed and we can only do that effectively if we you know bring the let, let god grace us so that i don't come to my child i'm so bad i blew it again you know it's more like <laughs> I've received from God what he has to give me. And I've, and I know that I'm not defined by my mistakes defined by who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And now I'm coming to my child and I'm saying, you know what? I blew it back there. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Mm. Mm. Um, And they, and then they, they, a, they're influenced just by that alone, but then B they're like, huh, so our kids are all 30 something and, you know, they're still finding their way in a bunch of different parts of life, but they, they come to us, they come to each other. I blew it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean that, or I didn't want it that way. And please forgive me. So there's restoration in relationships.
2: Well, and that gives them just the freedom to enjoy being around us and enjoy being around each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's pretty sweet.
0: So what are areas of personal discipleship that you think could best influence and affect parenting Mm.
1: personal discipleship define that for us please sure
0: (laughs) so so a a a person's like my relationship with god as i as i am going through spiritual practices or disciplines or Mm -hmm. things like reading the bible prayer those type of things that i engage with as an individual um, as I am growing in Christ' likeness what are some um, area or, or some practices some things that I can start to do personally yeah. that you've seen have an, have, a, have a great impact on parenting
1: yeah I mean I think you named you know the the, the popular authors have have, have named uh, a handful of the spiritual disciplines yeah. and <laughs> prayer and fasting and mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> Bible reading and sh- giving testimony to our faith and so on. These are, these are all important things. I, I think a- as it relates to um, bringing those things into our parenting, yeah. I think a-, a high level of consciousness. So if I'm memorizing a verse, like for example, the Romans 5 verse that I just cited, like, yeah. huh, that could be about parenting if I let it be. I wonder. I wonder how I might reflect on how I just parented uh, against that verse of the day on the U version channel, mm. or you know, whatever it is, like by all means make a practice of simple things by Bi- daily bible reading even if it's a verse, to, a verse at a time to get started uh you know i know if, there are people in my life who read a bible verse each day for 30 seconds and they call it good <laughs> yeah. there are people sure. in my life who go to that same verse and open it and and then go to the whole chapter and then read the commentaries and then they still are feeling like they want to dig in more and they get out their journals and they call it good i'm not going to say either one of those is right or wrong i'm yeah. going to say are we doing some practices that that remind us who jesus is that remind us who we are and are we bringing consciousness of of that work into our relationships with our children
2: and it was really necessary for me in those early days to anchor myself in and God's grace and truth, because I so easily listen to the lies of the enemy. Of you're you're so critical. You're just such a a negative, angry parent. And what are you doing? You're messing up your kid. You know, mm. to be able to discern the truth with those lies, that's all really important stuff. But I think there's three kind of spiritual discipline questions that we've seen help parents a lot. And one is just simply what's going on in me, mm. you know, it's the search, my search, me, God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, lead me in the, you know, in an everlasting way. It's like the, the courage to be thoughtful about what's going on in our hearts. And then when we see it to not be ashamed, but to go, okay, so, Wow. So a lot of anger. I think that might be linked to some stuff that I (laughs) have from my past. But what do I need from the Lord? And that's a second question that's really good. What's going on in me and what do I need from the Lord? How can I receive from him so that I can pass grace on to my kids? You know, approaching that throne of grace boldly for his mercy. Um, And then thoughtfulness to say, what's going on in my child? You know, you've seen all the Jesus gets us evangelism (laughs) kind of stuff, which is awesome. But we've said for a long time, Jesus gets us and because he gets us, he can help us. Mm. So for us to model how he stepped down into our world, we step into our kid's world and ask that question, what's going on in my child? So for, for me and a lot of other parents, just that those three questions, what's going on in me? What do I need from the Lord? And what's going on in my child are sort of spiritual disciplines that really can transform, you know, your relationship with your child.
0: I like that idea. It's almost like having a daily check-in of just what's going on in me and even processing through anything that you've been feeling or thinking, what's going on in my child and taking that time to think about you know is there something that is causing them stress in their life right now that could be a reason why they may be acting in a, a different manner than you're used to seeing or or in just taking that time to really be intentional and in thinking about it and you could do that while you're journaling you can do that in prayer you you can do that in conversation with your mm-hmm. spouse there's different there there's all these different ways where you can kind of engage with that, trying to get into the deeper level of the onion, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. to and, and that can go a long way because then you're not just bracing for what's on the surface and letting that surface pressure boil, but instead you're getting to the, you know, taking some time to look underneath. That way you have a bit more of an explanation for why things are showing up the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm, I love that. So as we wrap up our time together today, I I wanted to ask if you could give some encouragement to any listeners right now, specifically who are parents who might be feeling weary and worn down, who just feels like maybe they're sinking. It's been a a bad parenting week, and they feel like they're just losing at, at every step of the way. What is some encouragement that you can offer them right now?
1: Well, first of all, I'd offer that you're not alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we're parents of 30-somethings, and the last couple of years especially have been um, exceedingly stressful, difficult, mm-hmm. challenging on so many fronts. And um, we haven't been the people we wanted to be in light of that from time to time. Uh, you know, it's it, we're human. And so I think part of the gift God has given Lynn and me is not the ability to get it right, but the ability to um, be comfortable when we haven't gotten it right and receive God's grace in that place and then figure out what that means from here and then move forward. Um <clears throat> You know, so it's just been a tough time, and there's lots, there's lots of us who have experienced difficulties mm-hmm. of all kinds. You're not alone. In as much as we're not alone, we tend to isolate ourselves anyway. Yeah. And so, I think finding our way into some community where it's safe to, to articulate your struggles without just getting a quick fix, but with getting good listening ears, uh, you know, surrounding ourselves with people of grace. Do you know that person that you just feel so safe with, you want to be with them, find ways to be with them. If you can, um, that says sometimes the only person is me that I have to be with. And, uh, we found it helpful to ask parents a question. Um, uh, in answer to their question, you know, how oh, I'm so discouraged, what, what should I do? It's like, well, why don't you scale yourself on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is, um, I am so discouraged, I think I'd want to check out. Yeah, There are people who are, are there, and we know that. And so sometimes just asking the question and realizing, man, I'm, it's worse than I thought. Yeah compel us to go, Oh, I don't like that. I'm going to go do something about it. I'm going to share my answer with somebody wherever you land on the scale. We recommend sharing your answer with someone who, who you can trust, mm-hmm. but most parents are not zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and if 10 is, you, you know, I have my occasional struggle, but I'm super happy with how things are in my life. I'm super happy with the person and the parent and the spouse that I am. Um, <clears throat> you know, most people are somewhere in the middle and, and it's amazing to me how many conversations I'll have with, with parents who will de- describe a reality that makes it sound like, like they're down there close to that zero. And then I'll ask them the squat, the, the scaling question hmm. and they'll say, wow, well, yeah, I think I'm a four or a five. And I'll be like, Oh, wow. So there's, tell me about the things that are going on between zero and your number, hmm. because those are things you know how to do to keep your number from being low. Those are things you know how to do to, to, to keep your number higher. And sometimes the key to a higher number is doing more of what you know how to do. Hmm. So well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still praying a couple of times a week, and my kids and I have a play date that's almost always wonderful. We go to a place, and 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 I just kind of make a rule that I don't freak out while I'm there, and that works out really well for everybody. And sometimes my kids don't behave that well, but I've just decided not to freak out, so uh, you know th- that works pretty good. But I can't do that all the time. Well, maybe you can do it for breakfast once a week. <laughs> maybe you can do it on the weekend, on Saturday morning, one more time. You know, wh- what are the thing? What are what little things can you do that you already know how to do? to raise that number up just a little bit. So, I mean, I've, I've had that conversation lots of times with parents. Just had one the other day with, with a gal, who, and it was similar. I thought she was going to say maybe a one or a two on her deal, and, and she gave me a five or six. <laughs> we just spent some time honing in on, well, what, yeah. what are the things you're doing to keep your number as high as it is? Mm. Wow, you know how to do that? When could you do that at a different time? Oh, you you do that? When could you do that at a different time? And, and, you know, this parent left the phone call like, oh, thank you. This was so helpful. I was like, on the one hand, I didn't tell her a new thing. Yeah. All I did was <laughs> reminded her of what she already knew and maybe helped her put it in a little different context. And she was
2: so encouraged. Uh-huh. And what she did well. Right. So I think in this question, I, I really think about the role of community you know, um, together with all the saints, we understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And so bringing community into your struggle and, you know, that's like a shame buster when you find, you know, you wisely discern safe people and you communicate your need. And as Jim was referring, we've, you know, we've been through a challenge recently because one of our kids went through three years of intense trauma, mm. had a mental health crisis. And, and we surrounded ourselves with community that held our arms up I mean it was powerful. So that's a key thing. And it, it, we have like, uh, uh, one of our other coaches, she just says, I don't have time for conversations, but I, Marco Polo, my best friend, back and forth. We leave mm-hmm. each other messages, we pray for each other, we have each other's back, you know, so.
1: Is Marco Polo no longer a game you play in a pool? I think,
2: <laughs> I think it's an app. It's <laughs> yeah. but, I but I think the people younger than us that are listening, they, will yeah, it they the hear the as it
0: as, as the app, app. yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. At the pool.
2: But, the, but uh, just one other thing I want to share in the middle of all this too, is just when you think you are just like the worst parent ever you know that is not how god sees you and i share an experience in our grace and truth for moms course about when i was at my lowest and i thought you know that god was had his little clipboard looking down going oh for heaven's sakes i gave her the fruits of the spirit and she's yelling at the kids again (laughs) you know that was my image of god Mm -hmm. and um one day our our pastor's wife called me up and said i felt like the lord wanted me to call you up and tell you he's pleased with you Mm. i went oh okay yeah Mm -hmm. i hung up the phone i didn't believe a word of it (laughs) and then about a half an hour later Uh, My best friend, who had never met this woman, calls up and says, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to call you up and tell you he's pleased with you. Mm. (laughs) And that time I was listening because the Lord confirmed it. And I thought, you know, he didn't do that for me because... I'm the only struggling mom in the university (laughs) pleased with. He knew I would share that message with others. He sees your heart for your child. He sees how much you love your child and how hard it is. And he's pleased that you are his child and you're hanging on by faith in a tough situation. So I just want to spread that perspective to that mom or dad that's just weary, worn down, struggling, discouraged, that God sees your heart for your child. He is pleased that you are his
0: child. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And friends, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your ministry. It go, It's going such a long way. And uh, again, I, I'm so thankful for how it has blessed our life and will continue to do so. As I told you tonight, we we are watching uh, our next session of, 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 of the online course that we're doing with you guys. So uh, friends who are listening, again, please check out uh, uh, connectedfamilies.org. Check out the their book, Discipline that connects to your child's heart, and please and check out their podcast, which is uh, a connected families podcast, right? Yep. Oh, perfect.
1: Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, wherever, wherever podcasts can be found. Wherever you
0: get your podcasts, is you can find theirs too. And again, we'll have links to all of these in the show notes and description. So, Jim, Lynn, I really, really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, friends, we will be uh, back with you to finish up this parenting series that we're doing next week.
3: If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever, who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.